guys doing? Welcome to Bring It to the Table, man. We got an awesome Zoom interview today with Shaggy 1% from the Invaders MC and Clutch from the Grim Guardians Motorcycle Club. They are with the NCOC. And we're going to be talking about the American Legion. This is kind of a follow-up on my previous segment on how they are not allowing motorcycle club colors into about six, I think it was, uh, posts. It's a very detailed, in-depth interview and this is the stuff that I really like doing. I know I do the biker news and stuff with, uh, you know, what's going on in the club scene from the mainstream media point. But this right here is what I would like the show to concentrate on from now on. I actually gave uh, a statement out on HarleyLiberty.com uh, what our goals will be this coming year. As far as the coverage that we would do in a monologue and stuff, I've asked people to start sending me questions that don't have to do with MC protocol or any of that crap. Uh, I want to really concentrate and get back to basics with club rights, with biker rights, with uh, the profiling issues, uh, what's going on in each state so that way you guys are informed because after all it is a news program so the interview coming up again is a good one man it's on zoom i really like that zoom stuff so anyway let's get to the interview man i think you guys are gonna really like it over to proudhooligan.com for all your insane throttle official merchandise including our new proud hooligan line proudhooligan.com has a wide assortment of gear to make you look good on your next ride proudhooligan.com is the go-to for every biker when they want to look good as well as to help the show out while doing it visit proudhooligan.com now rock on you guys introduce yourselves the way you want then we're going to talk about some american legion sounds good go ahead shaggy uh, i'm just uh invader shaggy uh here out of missouri uh a uh, member of the ncoc pr committee and uh veterans committee um chairman of the coc in missouri uh, representative for the MRF to the clubs. Um, a very passionate biker and a veteran that, that absolutely loves this lifestyle. And uh, um, this topic we're going to talk about really gets under my skin a little bit. Go ahead, Clutch. Yeah, I'm uh, Groom Guardian Clutch out of uh, Austin, Texas area, a uh, member of the Texas Council of Clubs and Independents also a part of the NCOCPR committee and uh, Veterans Discrimination uh, Committee um, and uh, legislative liaison here in the state of Texas. Rock on. Now, for those that don't know, what is NCOC? Because a lot yeah. of people know what NCOM is, but they don't know sure. what NCOC is. Sure, that's a National Council of Clubs uh, born in 2015 in a response to Waco and the things that happened down here. Um, never designed to uh, replace any other motorcycle rights organizations, just meant to complement the collection of, of organizations out there, club-specific. Um, 
So that may be one thing that we, we have a different uh, spin on things, but uh, it's by clubs for clubs. So it's basically like a PR arm. It, yeah, we, so the PR committee is a, a fast action, uh, fast acting group meant to kind of squash some of the negative narratives that come out of uh, some of these events that pop up from time to time. Well, that's good uh, that you guys got the, a PR uh, wing because the mainstream media is terrible. Indeed. We, we talk about that every day almost on our show. Uh, but one thing that concerns uh, a lot of us is this American Legion thing. I had a lot of vets uh, call in after that episode, and there's a lot of tempers about that. So if you sure. guys, you know, you guys go ahead and talk about the American Legion, like how many are not allowing club colors in, uh, if you have any insight into the last story we did about the American Legion and them not well kicking out a national I think for the Proud Boys uh, but go ahead it's all yours guys. Appreciate it yeah so this is something that's been brewing for roughly two years um, it's, it was brought to our attention in multiple locations and in, in Rapid City South Dakota here in uh, Waco Texas uh, a few other places New Mexico where this uh, pervasive idea that all clubs are motorcycle or street gangs um, uh, was infiltrating these executive boards. And so they were making blanket discriminatory bans on all motorcycle clubs. So um, we have continued to reach out um, for statements from either national or from state uh, leadership from these organizations and we continue to get stonewalled. So at that point, uh, we were not looking to um, blow anything up, so to speak. Uh, we were looking for a conversation and at that point that conversation never happened. So we decided to run with the story. Um, so that, that's what bore that, that born that story, if that makes sense. So now, as far as did any mainstream media pick up your story? No, they did not. Not yet. So we, we've reached out and, uh, you know, it's quiet. Right. I just can't understand how they can do this to other veterans. And I think uh, if Shaggy can speak how you feel about this as a veteran. Well, I'll say this. Um, as far as the NCOC PR committee and, and NCOC as a whole, but the narrative that I think we're all really trying to get out there is the, the, the American Legion as a whole is, is a great organization. Um, you know, Clutch and I have talked on several occasions about, you know, he would love to print uh, all kinds of good stories that the, the American Legions do to help clubs and stuff like that here in my own area. They're, really good about that and in other areas we've heard they've hosted coc meetings they've hosted benefits poker runs i mean uh some of them uh, have real good food it's real uh cost uh, efficient you know it's not gonna break the bank um they're real welcoming right so when i first heard this uh i had just uh started uh, becoming a part of the ncoc pr committee and i was just absolutely baffled because it doesn't fit under what the american legion is about like if you talk about the vfw the vfw is 
very specific in their membership, meaning you have to have certain medals and awards to be a part of the VFW. Like I was a member of the VFW because of an award I got from a deployment I did, right? And everybody in there, there's certain criteria and war awards you're given from duties you serve. Um, as the narrative goes on, and Clutch can explain more, you know, we started finding out that former LE is is uh, uh, the the post commanders, and they're they're kind of spewing their their ideology on motorcycle clubs and 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 how they they feel and and they they spread that cancer through their American Legion Hall, so they get backed by their people. I mean, it's like if you you tell a, a biker, hey man, you know, there's there's a guy that, that's uh, a square, you know, uh, bikers going to be like, well, let's stay away from him. We don't want him around. And we don't want nothing to do with the squares. All we want to do is be with ourselves, be with our brothers, you know, ride with like-minded people. Um, when we hear that there are like posts throughout the country that are doing this, and then we find out what's behind it all. Um, and then we find out that, you know, as many attempts to diplomatically get in touch with their national uh, people, they're, they're, they're not returning our calls. They're not wanting to listen to us. And then they, you know, we get a copy of their bylaws and all that stuff like that. And it, you know, they're saying that the post commander has that authority to uh, refuse service. Right. And um, as Clutch was explaining to me earlier, they're trying to use it as like a dress code now, instead of saying, Hey, it's not that you, your colors uh, uh, can't come in here. It's ha you have to be dressed a certain way now. I've been to a bunch of American legions um, wearing colors. I've been to a bunch of American legions where uh, you don't know if there's gangbangers in there. I mean, you know if there's bikers in there because of how we dress, but um, there's never no problem. Uh, but the minute, you know, say some gangs went in there and shot the place up well those same gangs can go in there because they don't dress like we do right um and that's not putting them down i mean people can dress however they want to but i fought for the right for us to be able to dress how we want to um i earned everything that i've had my entire life uh it, the same way all of us believe here in the mc community and what was it clutch 43 percent the last survey of, of the mpp was like veterans. You know, right so at 40. Put, yeah, right at 40. You know, that was what, 11,000 or 12,000 people took that? That's right, so 11,000, yep. If, we'll just say this, and this is just me throwing a number out there, if everybody in a motorcycle club, whether they're RCs, MCs, uh, 1%, whatever, took these, um, uh, what the MPP is putting out for the motorcycle profiling project, that, that survey, and, and everybody took that, I guarantee that veteran number is going to jump a lot higher. Uh, veterans are typically very acclimatized to the MC life because, you know, brotherhood is something that is, is so deep with, with veterans. It's very so deep with me. Um, I'm still very close with, with those that I served in the Navy with. And the CBs, you know, we're a small community in, in the military. Um, so, you know, motorcycle clubs, a lot of the old clubs back in the day were started by guys coming back from World War II and coming back from Vietnam. And, 
and you know other clubs were started you know in between Desert Storm and and you know Beirut and stuff like that. So and there's a lot of clubs that have started out of the current wars that were going on. So motorcycle clubs have a very deep rooted veteran history, right? And the American Legion for the most part in all the 21 years I've been doing this lifestyle has really curtailed to our, our, our lifestyle and our society, right? And then here recently it's, well, no, we don't want any colors in here, but there's that nagging, nagging thing. And this is the biker in me, the one percenter in me, the veteran in me going, you know, the American Legion riders are riding around with cuts on and their colors on, on their back with their post representing who they are. They're not an RC, they're not an MC, they're not an association, but they say they're an association or for an organization. Well, you know, in our lifestyle, that's not exactly how it works. However, we're not going around telling them, hey, they got to take their shit off. We're not going around telling them, hey, um, we're being bullies. We would actually have thought they would have stood up and said, hey, man, you know, there's never been no problem, so why do we have it now? Mm. Yeah, well, and let me chime in on it. I got a question yeah. for Clark. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, now, you say at the national level that they claim that the local post has the ability to the way they want to run it and stuff. Did, at these six locations, did they change the bylaws? And because you were talking about a dress code, yeah. So we've we've looked, and uh, so typically these posts will also have their minutes published from their meetings, and we've not found one vote for that. Wow. So to answer your question, you know, and and I think it's funny just because you know I did a little bit more research. That story that we wrote, there was there are things that uh, continue to um, to grow. And um, so uh, Ms. Rohan, who was the national commander, is no longer the commander. And we appreciated her statement that she was discussing with the um, minority groups in the state of Washington. And we have a, a new national commander named James Oxford. Um, and uh, I think it's funny that when I look at his profile, his, they ask everybody, what is your theme for your tenure? And his was, a foundation for the future. Can you tell me one thing that you do not want to do when you're building a foundation for a future? And that's to discriminate against the people that are coming home, looking for that brotherhood, looking to build an organization. And so, you know, I think it's funny. I, you know, it, I hope it's not, they're just putting their head in the sand and they just don't want to deal with it and will just go away. Um, they're sorely um, underestimating this community if that's the case. Um, so, you know, we do have to understand that they may have the right to do this, but there are many things that you can do that you should not do, right? So I could run down the street in a, in a Speedo, but I shouldn't, okay? It's 30 degrees outside. There are many, we have the freedoms to do things. That's what's stopping you? It's 30 degrees outside? <laughs> I'm from... I'm originally from Florida. Yes, that's what's stopping me. <laughs> but um, so, so you know, we understand that we're not we're not um, you know bad mouthing all American legions. What we want to make sure is that this pervasive nature of discrimination is stopped early. Because hey, look, I work in cancer research. When's when's the best time to remove a cancer? Is early. 
right? So if, if, if it was one post or two posts or three posts, I don't care, you know, because we need to stop that idea. We've opened up the line of communication to dispel any outdated stereotypes, to have these conversations to say, hey, look, if you're having an issue, just give us a call. Maybe we can help. Um, and uh, it's just head in the sand at most of these places. Now, um, and we appreciate the American legions that continue to support us. Um, and as Shaggy said, I do want to write a follow-up story about every single one of those posts that we have successful relationships. And instead of having a negative narrative, change that to a positive narrative so we can then continue that relationship. Because in many of these places where we have MCs, the American Legion might be the best spot to host an event, you know? So uh, we want to continue that relationship. We want to have an open dialogue. We just need, it, it just goes both ways. We can't just raise our fist in the air and, and hope that they uh, call back one day. So we're just pressing the issue a little bit. Now, do you, one concerning thing about uh, your article was the South Dakota one. Yeah. And their attitude towards their veterans that ride. Has there been any more communication with them or is it, uh, we don't want to talk to you, you know, it, it's my post, this is what we're doing. Yeah, radio silent. Yeah, nothing, nothing's come out of, nothing's come out of there. I was actually just in Rapid City visiting family. Well, we, I have family that lives up there on my, uh, on my in-laws. And um, unfortunately, the times I was in there and drove to North Dakota, I was not able to go into the post and I was just going to introduce myself and um, say, hey, let's, I'll even come in with no cut, you know, let's just sit down and talk. And uh, unfortunately, the post was closed for, for when my flight was able to get in. But um, it's been quiet. I, like I said, I think they, they feel like they'll outlast us. Um, and uh, at that point, I just take that as a, uh, a challenge. Has any of the other commanders that you guys have good relationships with contacted these other ones and said, hey, man, we got a great relationship with them. They support us. Uh, they bring money in. Has any of them done that? Yeah, so we've talked a few. Uh, we actually have some that are patch holders, post, post commanders that are patch holders. Um, and so we've talked to them, and, you know, it, that's a slow communication up. So if your local Lowe's com uh, post commander can communicate, but then it goes through, you know, regional state, uh, if I remember correctly, and then up to the national. I think what they're missing right now is with the American Legion, they were supposed to have their uh, summer conference. And with COVID happening, you know, a lot of the, those meetings have been squashed. So uh, we had allies that were going to be attending those meetings and, um, you know, fight for this right. And um, unfortunately, we're kind of behind the eight ball with this pandemic stuff. What's your thoughts? Uh, on to, add, to, to add to what he's saying, too, um, this letter's been out for almost a month now. And on the, on the bottom of that uh, letter is Clutch's email address. And he's received nothing. And we know for a fact that their national people have gotten a copy of that because he sent it to them off of the email address he had. Um, so it's not like they don't know that this is going on. Like this was all done and sent to them, correct me if I'm wrong, but prior to us 
even putting that on the NCOT site. So prior to us, you know, talking with you, um, you can't get no more diplomatic than, than what everybody's trying to do. Um, you know, the today's climate is so race baited and it's so tense all the time. Uh, when you hear about, you know, discrimination in any form, and, and God forbid some of the discriminations that some of us really grew up with, um, uh, this is one of those things where veterans, no matter what they're wearing, should never have to be, you know, aggravated with or bothered with. I mean, I, I've, I've never heard or seen that before um, to this level. Like, they don't want to communicate with us. They, they, um, like he said, we, we, we got guys uh, on our own NCOC uh, PR committee that are, were these post commanders, and they're trying to reach out and use their connections, and they're basically getting stonewalled. They're part of the goddamn organization. You know, that to me is confusing. Um, that's like me trying to communicate with my, my, my president and then, you know, try to communicate – with higher ups, and uh, I just decided, yeah, yeah, my higher ups don't want to talk to me. Well, how can they expect me to follow their rules? You know, in the clutch put it perfectly in the beginning of that letter he wrote, their preamble about, um, you know, fighting for the, the Constitution and upholding the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And, and you know, if you're going to uphold the, the rights of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and all that stuff like that basically saying the, the, the uh, oath we take when we join the service and raise our right hand as part of the preamble, well, that means discrimination in any form, right? Any form, it doesn't matter what it is, it, it, it's unacceptable. And it should not be accepted in any manner, whether it's a veteran's organization or not. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, another question, I actually did... Uh a segment on this, fraternal organizations are having real troubles right now keeping membership. And that's where I got confused with the American Legion uh, doing this, because I know uh, I heard from people that the New Mexico one is like a ghost town right now. Why would they push away potential members or potential income over the thoughts of just uh, one or two board members? Well, yeah, and then we brought that up in the in the story for sure. You know, I, I looked again, 2017, they had roughly, they were boasting 2 million members. Uh, that's a lot of people. And do those 2 million peepers, people not support their own American Legion? So let's say they pay a membership fee, but they, are they not going in there to buy a beer or have a burger? So I'm, I'm curious when you have this built-in um, number of, of um, you know, customers, if you want to call it that, why are so many posts faltering? Well, we're giving them a lifeline. You know, like one post commander said is we double our month when we have MC events. He said that that guy that drinks beer from 4 to 8 p.m. on a Monday afternoon is going to get out drunk or drink um, by one biker <laughs> coming in and dropping you know, uh, you know, hundred bucks or 50 bucks on beer, cheap beer. And then also a fat tip, you know, we're a generous group. 
We support each other and we support those that support us. Find me anybody that says otherwise. So, you know, in that article, we mentioned that um, Mr. Talzma said that the group here doesn't like it, but they understand it, right? So to me, that took him selling it, right? So he was selling a narrative that overcame their ability to want to make a little tip money or sell an extra burger or something for the safety of yeah. their, you know, and, and to me, that is a coercive use, which it shouldn't be that way. Um, and uh, so those employees didn't get a, van, a, a, a chance to uh, speak their mind, only the executive committee. I get it. That's the way it works. We're not trying to change their bylaws. But what we do want is A, an open dialogue, and then B, let's open the doors again. Let's start with only MC clubs or uh, veterans clubs. So you got your Marine vets or, your, you know, Marine MCs. You've got your combat vets. You've got all of these clubs that would be happy to come in and start a conversation and see if we can, you know, renew this relationship that is so successful across the whole country um, and, and get rid of this old antiquated stereotype that seems to be pushed. Well, it's, it's kind of funny. I got an American Legion. All I have to do is walk out the front door and I was able to talk to one of them and they say one of the big problems is the older generation, they just don't know how to change. Is that what your guys are thinking or is it just the Leo got in that position that, you know, at 20, 30 years in that say, hey, this is bad stuff and they don't know that the modern times ain't like that? Absolutely. I, you know, I, I think it's a combination of both. You know, I, I think you might find... Uh, in some areas where you do have state actor uh, discrimination or where someone's using their official capacity in a law enforcement uh, office um, to persuade a, a private industry to uh, change their rules based on what they want. Or you may have these stereotypes from the 60s, 70s, 80s that are you know, um, making decisions. The one thing is discrimination of any type is born out of ignorance, okay? And that doesn't mean you're dumb or that doesn't mean you're stupid. That just means you don't know. And so why don't you just ask? You know what I'm saying? So that, that's, that's all we're asking is, is um, you know, we're not doing this. We're not pleading. We're not on begging. We're not, you know, at the end of the day, it's your business. We're just trying to open up a line of communication with a firm handshake and look each other in the eye and say, hey, you know, let's get this resolved. And, um, you know, many, many are open to that. The few that aren't, we don't want that to spread. Right. Now is, uh, have they even tried to invite a member of the NCOC or a rep to one of their meetings? No, 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 it's, it's radio silent. So, you know, on, from their side, we did receive one phone call from one of our PR committee brothers who uh, reached out to a uh, state commander, I believe, and uh, his words were, and Shaggy brought it up earlier, was that um, we allow every post to enforce their rules for dress code as they see fit. And it wasn't even a dress code issue. I mean, this is, this is more to it than just, you know, whether you like a guy's pants hanging below his ass or, or, or you know, the color of his shirt or wearing patches. So it, to me, those are different things. Right, right. Now, what, uh, Shaggy, you were in uh, CVs for how long? 13 years. 13 years? 
And how do you reconcile what they're doing to vets compared to the mission that they're supposed to be providing for vets? Well, that's uh, actually a pretty easy uh, um, answer because uh, one thing we used to say in the CBs, one of our models was, with compassion, we build and fight. So for, for veterans in the MC community even, um, I can't speak for every one of them, uh, but all the men that I know and all the men that I'm around, uh, we got real short memories when an apology is given. Um, it's like, you know, all of us in That's motorcycle right. clubs, we are very forgiving of our brothers. They can screw up in the worst of manners, come in and say, oh, guys, I screwed up. I'm sorry. And every brother around that table typically belts, all right, jackass, don't do it again or whatever. We love you. And smack on the hand. That's it. It's the same thing here. You know, um, it's not so much. I don't even care that the, the LE guys are, are, are retired LE are running these things. I don't care about that. Their narrative don't belong. The fact that I have a honorable discharge D214 states the time that I did serving this country willingly on my own free will. I wasn't drafted or nothing. I wanted to do this and I did. And, and all the men that I know, with the exception of a, a handful of Vietnam vets that are left um, that, that got drafted, but even those guys would say they do it all over again. Um, we would go in there with a simple, hey, man, make it even across the boards. You know, they don't have that national bylaw that says, hey, here's how we're, you do things to run your post, to, to make it fair and even, right? Um, me personally, uh, it's just like w with club life, man. You have your bylaws and then bylaws that says this is how we do things, right? So with the American Legion having thousands of posts, millions of members right um it shouldn't be left to one person to make that decision because every post will then operate differently and they should because the, the ultimate reason that post is there the ultimate reason the american legion is there is for the veteran it was designed it was started by the congress i think it was 1929 or something like that for the veterans okay for a place for these veterans to go to um, what you were asking earlier about, you know, um, the, is it a, a deal with the old timers and, and the, the young group or whatever? Well, look at the MC community, man. We're mostly graybeards now. We're not getting a whole lot of youngsters in right at, at the moment. You know, there, there's still that millennial thing going on, right? Uh, so um, the BFWs and American Legions that I've gone to that, here in, in my area, Shit, there's gray beards in there. There's old men in there, white hair, blue hair, don't matter. Don't yell bingo in the middle of bingo night. One of them old ladies will shank you. But <laughs> the places are crowded, okay? Uh, the old men, when we go in there, are, have some of the most funniest stories, and they're hilarious, even when they're all tanked up. And most of the time when they're dealing with motorcycle clubs, the, the things that they say, being uneducated, right, not knowing, you know, tell, I'll tell them, like, hey, man, your vest is cool. They're like, yeah, you know, some of us kind of, I don't get an attitude about it because I'm used to it, but you get a lot of new guys like, hey, you know, it, it's not just the best I'd earned. That's that, uh, them old guys don't know that shit. They, they're just happy somebody's in there to talk to because they're still living in those places like the American Legion, the VFW, the uh, AMVETS Post, um, all these organizations that are out there for veterans. They don't realize when they see the old guys in there, 
they got nothing else, man. They want to be in there. They're, they're, they're reliving their stories of their, their days of, of war and, and youth. And a lot of it is real painful for them. Um, I know personally of some of those stories uh, of my own and my, you know, my family, that had my family has served. Um, that company to them is more important than what I'm wearing right now. This white cut and this, this diamond here, they, they don't care about that. That they care about the fact that I served and I'm one of their, as they call me, their brothers at arms. That's all they care about. Um, the old guys would be disgusted by this, to be honest with you. And I'm pretty sure they're not aware of this either. Well, one thing that uh, and you brought it up earlier was the Legion riders. I thought they'd be screaming at the top of their lungs to back up the MCs. And then, According well from the letter, it didn't seem like to address that, but I can't well, turn that up in arms. Well, there's a reason why. They're they're just wearing those vests and and, and grit, uh, 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 clutch cut in here anytime you want to because I might go high and right here, man. When it comes to this shit, um, <laughs> the, the, the Legion Riders are uh, they're not an association. They're not a motorcycle club. They're not a, a, a riding group. They are strictly representatives of that post wearing that patch on their back that, and they just ride motorcycles. They don't understand MC protocol. They don't understand MC lifestyle. They don't live it every day. They don't even live it. You know, they're motorcycle enthusiasts and God love them. Uh, they don't understand that what they're wearing is fucking colors. Sorry about my language, but it's colors, period. They don't, the, the civilians, when they're out in town and they screw up, they don't determine between um, what is said on their back and what's said on mine, right? When I was in my former club, I, I can't tell you how many times I was called a hell's angel because people associate what they see from a long time ago. And there's been times where I've been in, in gas stations and I've said, oh, my, I hear the, uh, the attendant at, at the register going, oh my God, there's a hell's angel in here. And I've turned around thinking I didn't follow protocol or something, right? And nobody's in the store with me, and I have to ask them what fucking school you went to. Where'd you learn how to read, you know, type of thing. But that's how people interpret that in the public. Like, if they get out there and they get in a fight in a bar, say they're not at their American Legion, they're out on one of their runs, and they get out in a fight in a bar, it, the, the public is not going to say, hey, the American Legion writers post blah, blah, blah got in that fight. They're going to say a bunch of bikers in here wearing colors got in that fight. And then me as the chairman of the COC, I'm going to get a phone call from a, a legit club that tried to go in that same bar hours later and there's a big sign that says no colors. And then I have to call them up and, and, and talk to them and find out what happened so that I can try to, you know, police our side, right? And then I find out later it was American Legion riders or it was Ambed's Post or it was the VFW riders or it was, you know, this uh, uh, veterans organization that's not MC or understands exactly what they're wearing and what it represents and, and what damage it can do and what good it can do. I mean, there's mm -hmm. two sides of that coin. Um, they don't know. That's, that's the answer to it. They don't know. They don't, they and, don't know that it's wrong. And I'll jump in here for a story that happened here in Texas was that we were having something like this go on in um, uh, the VFW system. So, 
we released an open letter regarding uh, general orders that were coming out in October 2019 that was going to go along the same no colors and any VFW posts. And so we, we released an open letter and it was actually the VFW writers that called attention to it and organized this sit down with state leadership. And from that sit down, we open lines of communication. If there's ever an issue, those people know who to contact and we can, you know, um, come to a, come to a, uh, a stop there. So anyway, it, at some point they do, uh, VFW, uh, riders, they did step up. We're just waiting for the American Legion riders to step up. Oh, I think that story, what, uh, concerns me, uh, association patch or not they're bikers and you thought you would think that they would stand up for other bikers club or not yeah i mean and you're absolutely they're always welcome in our events uh so you know i think you put that you said that on your show that across the country american leaders legion riders are often uh welcome at normal club events and uh that's the same way here and uh, we do have some that show up and we'll just, we're going to have to start working on those conversations. Um, but here we sit. Well, they also have to understand, I'm a big supporter of NCOM. They have to understand that NCOM is fighting for their rights as well. All bikers should, independents, Avate, all that should know that. Uh, it's just, you know, at these uh, posts, I just couldn't believe they didn't stand up and holler at the top of their lungs about this going on. No, it's true. And you bring up, you know, a good, a good uh, segue into national organizations, because I think that we're all uh, in a way coming together. Uh, you mentioned NCOM, we have NCOC, we have ABATE, we have MRF, we have AMA, um, a number of others that are now starting to uh, speak in a, diff uh, a similar language and have the same story because basically the discrimination of any, any of kind is wrong. And uh, whether it's motorcycle profiling and passing anti-profiling legislation uh, or whether it's gang database stuff or whether it's discrimination at a post or a restaurant, we're all now steering the ship in the same direction. And I think that's where uh, it's important that if those people that are listening to this podcast uh, or watching it, get involved you know and here we we actually say loud bikers save rights you know there's the old patch loud loud pipes save lives well loud bikers save rights you can't just sit on your hands and not get involved so we're encouraging those people that uh, find a post that uh, is pushing this discrimination is get involved if you can get on the board cast a vote we have patch holders that are post commanders why can't we do that everywhere? And so, you know, change doesn't happen by sitting down. Change happens by getting involved, whether it's no matter which organization, if we're all speaking the same language and we're all rowing in the same direction, we're going to get there together, regardless of which organization you're a part of. And it, it's really good to see. It's probably one of the first time in history that, you know, five or six major um, motorcycle rights organizations are all saying the same thing. Right. Well, before you came, before you came on, Shaggy uh, just let me know that that resolution didn't pass. If you can talk about that, Shaggy. Okay. So I don't know if you got that email from uh, the MRF, 
that resolution for the motile profiling uh, from last year that carried over to the beginning of this year, it, it failed. Um, so there was 139 um, co-sponsors for it. It still failed. So the people up there on Capitol Hill reached, are, are going to reach out to the MRF and see if they can't resubmit that for uh, early 2021. Um, but the thing is, is, they went through the history of what they had sent out to the MRF. You know, the first time it only had 18 sponsors, and the next time it had, you know, 36 or whatever it was. The next time it, it grew a little more. And then this last one was 136 or 139, something of that nature. And it, it sucks to hear that happen, but it's not surprising because the same thing happened here in the state of Missouri with the resolution that, that we were trying to put through. Something significant happened to stop what's going on, which is all this stuff with the political climate in this country right now and, and the complete, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, uh, up there in D.C., and their minds are on something else right now. Um, I have no doubt the MRF and the lobbyists up there that we have and, and you know, that the capital days up there, they're still going to do. I have no doubt that they're still going to push that. Um, Double D is big about that. And, man, I support that dude. He, he, he motivated me five years ago to, to be in line with that motorcycle profiling thing. Um, so um, it's a really, really – small setback actually because these co-sponsors are still reaching out saying hey we're not done yet but it just didn't make the floor yeah and that's i think that's the biggest determination it didn't fail because it was voted down um in okay. my understanding so it was it was just failed because it didn't get to the floor for a vote so um you know as, as a kick in the nuts as that is it's still encouraging that there's you know there, there's a future for it. And as we watch what happens in DC right now, we understand, <laughs> let the winds of change happen. And then we'll just uh, uh, continue on the path and um, go from there. What can the thing I want to throw out there real quick. Go ahead. One thing I want to throw out there real quick along the lines of what uh, we were talking about with getting involved. I mean, I say it all the time. I, I meet with the other clubs in my state. And tell them, look, you know, uh, we really need you to be a part of this. We, you know, most people don't understand that most COCs are, are not uh, incorporated in the 501c3, and they're not recognized as a, uh, um, a MRO. Okay, MROs, ABATES, FORS, AMA, um, uh, the, the MRFs, all that, they are 501c3 or 501c19. Uh, they are a voting block. That had to get explained to me, man. Once that was explained to me about that voting block, voting block thing, um, it, it made sense to why uh, they are listened to like they are. Because for every one member of the MRF or every one member of ABATE or FOR or AMA or whatever motorcycle rights organization that's out there, now there's some COCs that are incorporated and are considered uh, an MRO. But there's a lot of the COCs to include Missouri uh, we're not. So us not being a, a considered a, a voting block or an MRO and us using a bait and four to help do the lobbying and stuff for us, 
for every one person that's a member of ABATE4 or whatever, you know, uh, MRO, uh, that is six votes to each politician. That's how they look at it. So right now, COCs are considered a, a, a quiet minority, right? The, the politicians don't want to listen to us. Um, if you, the, the more you have involved, the more you're able to do the things to get yourself to that level uh, of being uh, con considered an MRO, the more likely you're heard. And that's the whole point of the COC. That's the whole point of income. You know, that's the whole point of these, these rights organizations is to be heard, right? To have your voice heard, to have your vote heard, have, have your opinion heard and have bills that make sense to, to uh, pass in the House and the Senate and become laws to save bikers' lives, to save bikers' rights. You know, a, a lot of what Clutch has talked about in some of our meetings with the NCOCPR is, is the uh, Civil Rights Act. I mean, that, that uh, Clutch is, is, is like, man, this is all part of the Civil Rights Act, which is funny because I've said that on the Missouri side of the COC, we're fighting for our civil rights for laws that are already there, but now we have to have specific, lang specific language in these bills to where it, it identifies motorcycle club gear, uh, motorcycle riding gear, uh, the type of motorcycles, you know, uh, you can't be profiled for this and this. I mean, if you go on, on YouTube and watch Double D testifying in, in Washington State, I mean, he goes through all of that. And some of those people are just absolutely baffled. I was absolutely baffled about some of the stuff he was saying because he was spot on. And the, the fact that you have to go in there and say, hey, because I'm now wearing this insignia on my back and I'm now wearing this diamond, you know, I, I'm not in a gang. Uh, I, I'm in a deep brotherhood, but um, they look at us as gangbangers. I mean, uh, one thing I throw in there is, is we could be doing to the American Legion or some of these other places that say no colors, like they did 20 years ago, I remember being a young patch member in another club, we cleared the damn bar out, sat in there and drank all night long and dared the cops to show up. That was fun back then. That's when we were, you know, really considered uh, the, the, the outsiders of society and the bastards of, of society were happy with that, right? Now bikers have, have gotten a little more intelligent and instead of going in there and clearing that bar out and that's a bunch of heathens we, we used to be, it's about doing things the right way now. It's it's about the lines of communication, using the diplomacy the best way, doing what good Americans should do, right? Um, that in no way is a threat, but that's the way it used to be. I mean, hell, I'm sure you can remember up in Chicago, the boys you used to run with, you know, doing stuff like that. You know, the, the people I had witnessed growing up in Arizona, you know, that club back there, man, they were known for emptying bars. You know, the clubs I was around down in, in southern Mississippi 20, 21 years ago, they were known for clearing bars. I mean, it was a common occurrence. There used to be the biker bar in just about every town that was just for bikers. There was no other bar bikers went to because they weren't welcome in there, right? right. So um, there also used to be a place for gays to go. There also used to be a place for lesbians to go. There used to be a place for blacks to go, uh, whites to go, Mexicans to go. This country's gotten rid of all that shit. Right. And, and rightfully so. Um, 
So why are we just now down to guys who um, are wearing something they're proud that they earn being discriminated against because of what we wear? Mm. Well, yeah, I think, oh, go ahead. Just, I was just going to ask Clutch, what could, you know, not only our show do, but the regular independent biker do, or how would you get them up off their hump to actually get involved in this stuff? How could you get them excited about, uh, you know what, you know, because I always say, if you don't want to do nothing, at least pay them your dues, you know, at least you're helping out some way. But how do we get them to realize how important something like this American Legion move, not letting the other veterans in with their own colors? Yeah, I, you know, it's just like, uh, I forget the, the exact saying, but, you know, when they, you know, uh, came for the Jews, I didn't care because I wasn't Jewish. When they came for this, I didn't care because I wasn't that, whatever that saying was. And along, it's, it's along the same lines. You know, if, if it doesn't affect you directly, it's hard to get motivated about things, okay? And I get that. But in a country where we're trying to now... Um, uh, impress upon everybody unity, you know, um, why don't we try that? The motorcycle community is one of the most united uh, communities there are. There's every race, there's every gender, there's every political persuasion, all of that. And we're a homogenous um, example of what the United States should be, right? We follow a certain level of a certain set of rules. We have uh, a decorum, all of that good stuff. And yet, it's not being followed. So everybody that is not in the MC culture knows someone likely, you know, that anybody that's listening to your show, likely somebody that's in an MC, RC, motorcycle ministries, any of that stuff. So if you can't stand up for your friend or your family member, I'm saddened. Right. So I will have a neighbor who I talk to once a month, come over here and if he's got a problem it's my problem and I think we need to take on that responsibility as a community and if you have someone that is in the community if it's my problem then it's also my mom's problem my dad's problem my brother's problem that's how my family works so I would encourage anybody who's sitting on the couch or at their desk or on their phone listening to this podcast that is not in C that knows someone in MC bear the burden very well said man very well, well said. there's another way too. remember the whole uh, down the road concept, this type of behavior behavior continues it, it it we don't want to embolden the idea that this type of discrimination will will be tolerated for a long period of time i hope that makes sense so no, yeah. what's well, that shaggy i'm not as elegant as, as clutch has put it but the, the term that i grew up with is it takes a village the MC community has always worked on that mentality. You know, in the club life, we're a village. We take care of our own. We police our own. We, we uh, motivate each other to carry on every single day. You know, we're there for each other when, when, when they're down. We're there for them when they're happy. We put a boot in their hind end when they need to, uh, to be awakened. You know, um, I, I tell guys in my state all the time, get involved get involved get involved that's all you can do is get involved and if you don't get involved i'm still going to fight for your rights because 
regardless if you get involved. I am not going to let, you know, uh, my fellow patchwork brethren or, you know, matter, it, it, it doesn't matter to me. You shouldn't be discriminated for what you're wearing, period. You shouldn't be discriminated for your skin color, your race, religion. It doesn't matter to me, right? So if you don't get involved, you're still going to hear that I'm out here fighting because it's the right thing to do. And it's not an easy thing to do. It's not, it's not a convenient thing to do. It's very inconvenient a lot. And that's the thing. People don't want to deal with the inconvenience. They don't want to – I'll say what he can't – you know, what Clutch can't say. Um, people need to drop their fucking egos. And I'll say it just like that. We are all, we are the last free society. We are the last cowboys and Indians, so to say, right? Um, we're going to end up in, in the, in the uh, history books as a small little blip that said this type of lifestyle will happen from this time to this time. And it ended. Why should it have to be that way? Um, there, there are, there are organizations out there that absolutely refuse to put down their differences or whatever to come together for this court, this cause. You know, this cause affects them as well. It's all of us. We got to. Sometimes you just gotta, for the better of the good, and as we usually say in the club life, for the better of the club, we let all that shit go because guess what? It's what's best for the club. It's what's best for our brothers. It's what's best for each other and the organization as a whole, right? So, for me. I'll gladly say and have no problem saying. Uh, I I have brothers that just don't agree or understand what I'm doing. They like the old ways, and that's cool, man. I love to love the old ways myself, but I, that's not going to change my passion for this lifestyle. It's not going to change my passion for this fight for all of us to be able to ride our motorcycles, fly our colors, party with our brothers, and enjoy our brother you know, our brotherhood and, and enjoy our brothers' families. It's not going to change my my belief in us as a village getting together um, and uh, making our lifestyle better, freer, because we are the last free society. Um, it doesn't bother me one bit that an organization says, you know, you're wasting your time here. You're doing this, you're doing that. What has the COC done? What has NCOM done? What has the NCOC done? What has MRF done? There's lots that they've done. It's slow, man. This process is slow. Um, I've learned that five years as a chairman, you know, there's times where I, I've, I've looked at the guy from before going, dude, what the hell are you guys doing? Well, 39 years it took to get the helmet butt bill repealed here in Missouri. We were landlocked, the only, and, and losing me big time because everybody was riding around Missouri because they didn't want to carry a helmet. It's the same thing with anything. It takes all of our voices being heard. It takes time, but you have to get involved. You have to, if, if you're the biggest organization or the smallest organization, not one organization can do this by themselves. It's impossible. It really is impossible. Yep. And if I can say one thing, I meant, I said homogeneous. I meant heterogeneous before. I will not go to sleep tonight if I did not clarify that. So anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Shaggy oh, knows me. <laughs> no CD, oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my wife will make fun of me. He did this. Well, anyway. one uh, last question I uh, got, and it might sound kind of uh, 
off the wall. But I know in the old days, the dealerships used to get behind this kind of stuff. Are they still doing it? Are they still getting involved with rights? Or are they just worried about their emission legislation? No, are you you just mean individually local dealerships? Yeah, uh, you know here for us, yeah here for us, they may not be a, a vocal political advocate, but they will be a uh, silent contributor to fundraising. So you know they they may not be pounding the capital doors with us, um, but they will support our fundraising efforts that help us push those efforts further. So more of a silent partner. And, you know, here locally, we appreciate uh, that they uh, get involved however they, they see fit. You know, they, they tow a fine line between, you know, they, they need to sell their bikes and, and sales are down. I get that. And sometimes, um, you know, picking a side or whatever may, may inhibit that. I get it. But they do support us how they can, and we appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I'd say here uh, in Missouri – um, for the most part, the, the, the Harley shops are, and some of the other bike shops are involved in the same aspect that Clutch was saying. Um, I do know that they get real skittish when the Diamond Club show up. Uh, I, I've bared witness to that. Um, and we're professionals and we act professionally, but they, you see their staff and then all of a sudden the cops show up. Uh, I do know that, that, uh, Harley, specifically um, really does not care for or want to curtail a damn thing towards the DMC community. Uh, they, they always said we've been the ones that give them a bad name, but they forgot about the AMF years. They forgot about, you know, coming out of that. It was the clubs and the clubbers that bought all them motorcycles and kept in line with that MC shit that it's got to be Harley Davidson, American-made, you know, the club life has started here in the United States and grown. That's the one thing we give the world. You know, I've heard that said a dozen times, right? Um, and it'll always be the club life that, that saves Harley Davidson to a point. I mean, even a lot of us clubbers are looking at each other going, man, some of these other bikes, you know, the Indians are starting to ride a little more comfortable and they're not so, I think they're good shit, but you know, people like them. The victories were, were a big thing. I thought they were good shit, but people were buying the hell out of them and talking about the ride. You know, um, uh, Harley is getting better, but they're not, they don't, they think we lived back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and early 90s where it's not that way and they're building better motorcycles but they just it isn't it, they're not going to support what everybody considers the bad apples of, of, of society. Hmm. Now, how is, uh, I, I know one final question, uh, AMA, how are they contributing to uh, the rights movement? Yeah, here locally, they're great. We have a great relationship with them. Um, but I, you know, I know everybody has their uh, history. Uh, with them specifically, but uh, I think there's gone a long way of healing. Um, and uh, here locally, we work great with them. So we have Texas Council of Clubs and Independents, we have ABATE, AMA, um, and, uh, you know, we work great together. We're on calls when it comes to, we're having our legislative weekend coming up here at the end of January. 
So um, we all unite again. It goes to talking about the, the one voice and uh, we're all rowing in the same direction. And, uh, you know, that's you see change. And I'm, I'm happy that they're involved, uh, specifically on the independent side, um, because uh, here we have 330,000 registered motorcyclists in the state of Texas down a little bit. But, uh, you know, with their involvement, that means we can pretty much, you know, reach out to every one of those. And uh, can you tell me what voting block um, in your state legislature or, you know, in your state politics has 330,000 uh, people that uh, would vote in a particular direction? And, um, you know, from our survey that we always bring up, 87% of our community are active voters. And so, you know, do the math. That's a big chunk of people voting in the same direction. And that's a, that's a huge voting block that uh, Shaggy brought up. So. Right. Are you guys finding out, uh, finding AMA charter clubs helping with this? Uh, not specifically, no. Sad. What, uh, for your final thoughts, uh, what organization should people be joining? Should they be joining MRF, ABAY? Which one would you guys recommend? Me personally, I say get in where you fit in. You know, if you've been on a bike and you've uh, been to your Harley shop or you've been to a bike night, you've probably gravitated to a group of people, you know, and you've probably done a shot and shared a beer. So again, it all goes to, we're all speaking the same language. So get in where you fit in. If there's a group, if you, you know, the guys that you're hanging out with or a bait members and, and you get along with them, screw it, join a bait. You know, if you uh, are more MC minded, maybe, you know, NCOC or income, if um, you know, there's always the AMA as well. And then everybody should join the MRF because that is our federal, only federal lobby fighting for bikers and motorcycle enthusiasts rights. It's not just about profiling, it's also about autonomous vehicles and, and fuel quality and, and roads. And so they are lobbying for our rights in DC. So, you know, if you have to, if I hope that clarifies it, but uh, it really is get in where you fit in, but MRF is a must um, because, um, Again, only lobbyist in DC. In your state, you may have three or four, but in DC, you have one, and um, it's important that they are are supported. Well, and I'll I'll caveat off of that, and what I'll caveat from what he said is, um, one, if you can't get in somewhere where you fit in, you know, it's thirty or thirty-five dollars. It's thirty-five dollars to join the MRF. Uh, I had to do that to become th that liaison deal there. Uh, but there's more that goes with it when you join ABATE and FOUR and the AMA, I'm sure. Um, if you're an avid rider and you really don't want to kind of go and do all the capital days and do the legislative stuff, but you want to help out where you can, you pay 30, 35 bucks a year, okay? It gives you a bunch of benefits. Say they got the... Um, uh, death and dismemberment pay that's automatic in that year. You know, if you get hurt, that's 3000 uh, Some of them, I think, they're up to $5,000. That's free money that's going to help with, with if something happens to you, right? You know, um, get in and at least donate to that. That way these people can still be fighting for the rights. And if you want to get involved with it, um, 
I, I would say uh, if you're, he, like he said, MC-minded, join an MC. There, there's plenty of them out there, right? Quit starting them. Join one. Quit starting them. <laughs> Quit starting Gen Z's. We've got enough. Um, but you're, you're not going to do anything new. Uh, so um, get in where you fit in, but, but you know, do it slowly. Get, understand what you're getting yourself into, one. Two, um, uh, without the money, and this is the crappy part about business, man, without the money, you can't get nothing done. And those guys in the MRF, those guys in the ABAs and the fours and the AMAs and all these other rights organizations that are out there, they need that money. And it helps that they're not wasting it because they're 501c3 and 501c19. They have to open their books, right? Especially to the government because they have to have so no profit. But uh, they use that money to fight for your rights, to pay a lobbyist, you know, because some of those people ain't free. Um, Four has their own lobbyist. Uh, the MRF has their own lobbyist that they, they pay and deal with, right? So some of these, uh, they're capable of funding themselves, but they still have to have the money to fund, fund that stuff, right? Um, when you join the motorcycle clubs, you know, get involved with the COCs in your local area. I mean, you've got to get together and do this. Also, communicate with the other clubs, man, because um, the COCs got to talk to the, the their, 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 their right arm, which is the, the civilian side that goes up there and lobbies, because those clubbers don't have time to sit up there at the Capitol all day. I mean, we got jobs on top of we've got club life and if they're, we're officers, we've got officer duties to do. We're pretty busy. So um, you need to have that open lines of communication. So maybe something you thought of that nobody else has thought of, they know how to put it in the proper language. That's the other thing, too. When they're doing these bills, you have to have the proper language. You can't just go up there and say, hey, get off your damn phone, quit texting. If not, that's like a DUI. If you kill somebody, you're going to jail forever and throwing you under the damn thing. That's not the right language. You know, you got to have big words and lawyers involved, all shit like that. But it takes money to do that. Um, don't be afraid to take some criticism for it. Oh, you're just up there starting shit. No, I'm up there fighting for my rights. You know, uh, my uh, right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, my inalienable rights. That I shouldn't have to fight for because they should already be there. Don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. Take a stand. Back, back the people who are doing this, whether it be by money or you standing there being as loud of a voice as they are. And it takes the village. If you're a motorcycle enthusiast, you know, help, help any way you can. Because you know what? By the, the, the MPP survey, guys that are just motorcycle enthusiasts or bikers or whatever you want to call them that aren't, aren't clubbers, don't wear a club patch, they're profiled more than I am. They're profiled more than, than Clutch is. They're profiled more than any clubber is. That's fact. Rock on, man. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on the show, and uh, hopefully you guys keep us all updated on uh, the news happening, uh, especially when it comes to new bills and stuff. And One more thing. One more thing, uh, Hollywood. Yeah. The new survey is it's out, right? Uh, clutch. Yeah. Yes, had, it's out. Uh, uh, we had eleven thousand people take that survey. We'd like to triple that this year. Get out there and take that new survey. Motorcycleprofileproject.com. It's right. what, six questions, five questions. 
Yeah, go something like that. Answer them. It takes 30 seconds, if that. Go in there and fill that out. That is information that's collected by bikers for bikers. This is what helps us pass this, this, this profiling legislation. Go in there and fill that out. Have everybody in your family fill it out. Uh, NCOC have a website? The NCOC, yes. Go ahead. Yep. Oh, that's your... it, no, it's councilofclubs.com. Yeah. Councilofclubs.com. Well, there you guys have it, man. I uh, really appreciate having you guys on, and we look forward to hearing more news about uh, the American Legion problem. Sounds good. Thank you. Talk to you guys later. Take care, man. And welcome back, man. What did you guys think of that interview? I think they hit it point on. It was an enjoyment to hear what they had to say. Uh, they got really in depth, uh, you know, even beyond the article that Clutch wrote uh, over on MPP. That's the Motorcycle Profiling Project. And I really like some of the stuff he had to say about the different organizations finally pulling together and going one straight way, uh, whether it be ABATE, AMA, MRF, as you heard, what they had to say is the most important organization you're going to want to support is MRF. That is at a federal level. Uh, they are a great organization. I'm a part of one. They keep me informed all the time. You'll hear me uh, writing or uh, actually covering some of their writings and stuff. So MRF, I think it's like $30 a year. Not that much, man. A couple of coffees uh, each month and you can be a part of something that's really helping biker rights, especially in these time periods, man. Uh, as everybody know, there was a purge all over the internet and a lot of sites got caught up in that one. Uh, I know we've been having problems forever. Uh, so is other uh, biker-related sites. And God knows, uh, it's just going to keep on continuing. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you can, go join us over on BitChute, Parlor, Rumble. We got all the information in the description box. That way you guys can... Uh, really be kept in form now rumble i'm not going to do that one show because i'm just done with politics man i'm tired of it uh this country's screwed as it is everybody's going to their corner and uh, you know what i want to keep it uh fun you know what i mean i don't want to keep beating a dead horse and all that stuff uh you'll see a lot of the un uncensored stuff that i do is going to be on uh, BitChute and Rumble. And I'll let you guys know in the community tab over on the YouTube channel or on Facebook. Uh, that's going to be a general thoughts type of deal. It's not going to be hardcore or anything as far as bike stuff is concerned. But going forward, I'm hoping uh, being able to uh, interview a lot more uh, Abate uh, individuals, uh, MRF, you know, on uh, Bring It to the Table. You know, I love to get it to where I can interview uh, Abate uh, people from the state level on each state level. Let us know what's going on in that state, because God knows I know I got freaking people in every freaking state in the union right here that follows us. So information uh, would really uh, get.
get out to you that way. So with that, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to all our damn platforms. Don't forget to become a member. You can uh, be on the weekly Zoom calls that we have with the membership. Uh, you can also join over on HighwayLiberty.com. In order to join, all you have to do is hit that join button. Boom, it's done. So with that, I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Hi, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. Join me Monday through Friday for Motorcycle Mayhem Morning Show on YouTube Live, Facebook, and all major podcasting platforms where we talk about all the major biker news going on in the scene. Rock on. Get your most unbiased and trusted biker news now at HarleyLiberty.com. Founded in 2012, Insane Throttle Biker News has been the place that all bikers come for what's happening in the scene. Go over now and bookmark HarleyLiberty.com. Rock Hi, I'm Hollywood. And I'm China Doll. Listen to the Hollywood and China Doll Evening Show, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major podcasting platforms. And don't forget to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. Rock on!